podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's our Grand National Special in association with Redsbet. Redsbet is our partner throughout the entirety of 2018. We're made up to have them. They're the bookmakers who give 50% of their profits, your losses, back to supporter-based causes. Uh, Redsbet do that for us all the way through. If you are going to gamble, gamble responsibly. But we know we're doing this our first special for them. Throughout the year, we're doing six specials. This is the first one. Looking at the whole entry meeting. Hot on its heels will be the second one, which will focus in on the Grand National. Uh, and if you are going to gamble, this is a time yet a lot of people have the odd bet here or there well please do so with Red's Bet uh, if you are going to gamble if you're not absolutely fine sit back relax listen to the show if you like we're going to be talking about the fantastic horse racing but also the huge cultural event which is the Grand National meeting the entry meeting at this time of year and it's there are very few things very few events Dave in our city that match the impact of football mm-hmm. where you're able to sort of you know you know if Liverpool or Everton you walk through the city and you know if Liverpool or Everton are at home you know it it's just yeah. there it's crystal clear for you you know what this, this is a thing that's happening you know that it's a weekend you can work out which side's at home uh, you can do all of that but the national meeting everyone knows the national meeting is happening it is it dominates Liverpool's mm. Liverpool's cultural life it's nightlife the city it bosses us for three days yeah for, for local people in particular Neil I, I think it's um it's almost like we try to keep it a secret from the rest of the world and don't really fully appreciate how, how big of a stage it is for the rest of the world who, who get heavily involved in it themselves. I mean, I, I've been down there in a work capacity in recent years and the, the people you see from far and wide, and I'm talking like Australia, New Zealand, who come over for the Grand National, and you think, how could they possibly know about Ainsley? Because it's not even in the city, do you know what I mean? It's almost like this little hidden gem on the outskirts. And um, I love everything about it. I love everything around it as well. If you go in that area, when I was a kid, I used to have a part-time job in a, in a, on the uh, retail estate that's next to it. Unfortunately enough, it backed onto the far side of the course. Amazing. So on the days of the national, like everyone wanted to be in work because you could stand out on the back and there was a little bit of a veranda where you could stand there and watch the horses as they come ah, around. Ah, it, was, it was magnificent and... I think those sorts of little local quirks that you can get and, and like, because we'd know where to go, you know, we, with the football, you know the places in town where to go. When Aintree's on, you know exactly where it's to be and, and, and it's just a magnificent occasion and it's a great place, way to showcase the city as it's well. Great. It is, it's that local local meets international with it for me, Paul, and in this really quite spectacular way and it's something that's come up actually on a few, a few AFQ shows we've done recently on the Anfield Rap where it's a bit like what Dave said there, like Liverpool sort of, We've sort of decided that this Thursday and Friday are bank holidays and Saturdays like Christmas. <laughs> We've sort of just boxed that off. Yeah, yeah. And without, you know, that the government's haven't got involved, it's not become a big deal. <laughs> you know, we haven't felt we haven't gone through the red tape. But we've sort of collectively all gone. So that's the Thursday and Friday then before the national. Well, you know, it's uh, they're not really proper days, are they? They're not days. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I I spend most of my time up until very recently working in the in the corporate law world, and and it was very much that. Like it was just in the in the business community, in the community of suits. It's just like yeah, you're basically just spending all year trying to get your tickets off someone to go, <laughs> and then you're going with them. And people are saying, I remember someone saying to me once after I'd set up my own business that uh, I got invited to a, a corporate day out on the Thursday with a, with an accountant's firm in town, and they went, "Oh, you've made it, army. That's how you, <laughs> that's, that's the ticket. Yeah. That's, this is the one you want. It's all day on the ale, and it's and it counts as work. It's like a social prom, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get invited to entry, you know you've made it. You're on the map. It, it, and entry itself, it, it, it puts the show on, but it, you know it sweeps everyone along with it, Mike. There'll be there'll be a hundred thousand people looking there today uh, for this this Thursday racing, and you know you've been going to entry for years, but not just the national, but going in general, and it's unbelievable. 
I'm basically how much better it's got last 10, 15 years as well. It's on a real upward trajectory. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to go back to the um, the late 70s and early 80s, I mean, it, it, the race that took Grand National and the meeting itself almost died because mm. it was so poorly run and there was all kinds of political issues in and around the whole thing. Um, eventually, they sorted things out on the sponsorship front and that pretty much saved the race. And it's it's grown from strength to strength since then. And I, First year I went was uh, 1981. Um, I've written about this. On, it's on uh, the Fans Bet blog. Um, like there's a nice piece that has been sort of rehashed. I've put a tip in it for this year. Um, yeah, <laughs> what so a rehash that was, Michael. I've rehashed quite a lot of it. Um, and that, I'm just trying to find a bit of it. If you don't mind me just reading this out. Talking about the social mix there. And like you obviously got the locals versus your traditional race, race goers, you know, your country set. So um, this is what I wrote. I said, the social mix is a charming one of West Country folk and their identical offspring as well. <laughs> Dressed from head to toe in Harris Tweed and quilted barbers, yeah. blending in amongst the mountain equipment of the local lids <laughs> and, the, and the top man suits of the older locals. Whilst it's easy for us to make fun of these funny-looking country types with their ruddy complexions invading our scouse hinterland for the weekend, consider this. These folk are the lifelong season ticket holders of racing, yeah. the committed weekly diehards. They think we're the wolves. Oh, yeah. We're the date trippers. Yeah, we're the date trippers. It's a fantastic role reversal. Yeah, we are the date trippers. I'm still to Tom Lee in a bit, and Tom Lee's very much slap bang on the racing fraternity. Yeah. He's coming up to talk to us about Thursday and Friday, but that's the thing. They're, they they bring they bring the, their end of season party to our gaff. Yeah. Dave, that's what's happening. It's their end of season party, <laughs> and they're saying, yeah, we'll share it with you. It's not yeah. the other way around. Well, that you know, when people people rave a lot about Cheltenham, which I'm sure for, for race goal, and racing fans listen to this it's it's they probably see that as more of a purist thing whereas yeah. this is a all-inclusive thing mm. i think it, it's a fine mixture and, and mike's eloquently put it in the piece he's written there um and and you meet so many different people that's the thing with probably the most sociable city in the world the amount of different people you can meet and stories they've got to tell and yeah. you end up on a night out with them in town and end up friends for life with them it's uh it's 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 on a different level to everything else in terms of sport, yeah. isn't it? Because it's, yeah. it's tribalism the, when you come to football. I mean, one, of the, this, one of the things about it, and again, this is like complete paradox, is that for most people, because the course is so massive and it stretches out like sort of two miles into the distance, you can't see anything. <laughs> so you're basically watching it on either a telly in the uh, in one of the bars or the the big screen. Um, and yet, behind behind the scenes, or basically in the paddock area where the horses parade, and everybody, it's, it's sort of access all areas. And you'll you'll get instead like like in the Premier League, you're distant from your heroes, aren't you? Um I mean I've just met all of them basically just by going up to them and saying, All right, my name's Mike. Uh, I know you're Nicky Henderson. Nicky Henderson very politely told me to fuck off. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um I, I met Martin Broughton, the fellow who uh, was charged with 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 selling Liverpool. Um I've met them all. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a fantastic way. And for the most part, they're all very, very engaged and they want to speak to us, they like us and they, they appreciate the fact that we well, put on this great event. Well, last, last year, last on the Thursday, if I had to go to you, Dave, on the Thursday, I went to, uh, I, we saw the Lightning Seeds played. So the Lightning yeah. Seeds just get in there and like, the Lightning Seeds are playing this this, this 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 relatively small tent and you're just like, well, hang on, it's the Lightning Seeds and you know, mm. and they've got more hits than you think. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, no, the whole the, the whole thing, it is it is this combination of, and, and people do get stuck into that and it's important that, you know, to acknowledge, people love watching the races, they love yeah. seeing the horses, but then it does have this social social element mm. to it and everyone should, the thing, I, the thing I talked about last year was it was about 
when I was there on the Thursday, it was about everyone's best day out of the year. It felt like this is everyone's having their best day. This is this is it now. It's happening right now. I don't think everyone's gonna have the best night because no. they're really having the best day. But yeah, that, that, that's that's what, what's going on. Yeah, there's, there's no edge to it either, Neil. You don't feel as if you, if you have to stand on ceremony. It's literally you make of it what you will in terms of how you dress and in in the culture of it in terms of what you do. I mean, that, even if you have a gamble while you're there, because the cup race I didn't even touch. I just thought I was. And actually, the other thing that I, that hits me, Dave, is. You begin to really like watching the horses. Yeah. Like you remember why this is this is sport. This is actually sport. This. Yeah. It's not you know it's not oh it's horse racing. No, this is sport. You can see the physicality of the horses, what the jockeys go through. I was like, I'm enjoying the spectacle. Yeah, these they, magnificent animals. I mean, if you if you get near the uh, the winning enclosure or or the paddock or anything like that, when you see them up close, they're just unbelievably. Just really, it, it, it takes you back when you stand next to one because on the telly, you don't appreciate the size of them. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and, and when you get close to the fences as well, and that's the great thing that also about Aintree is you can walk around as much as you want, can't yeah. you? You can go get as close or as far away to the action as you want. And um, speaking of last day, the, uh, last year's Thursday day, that's the day I went to and I, I was finished by five o'clock, I was in bed. <laughs> I'll tell you what. As you know. Some, some footage of that, Dave, is there out there There, there might be some lingering about <laughs> that people might remind me of at this time of year. I love all that. Yeah. <laughs> I love all that. Uh, Dave, your, I mean, your Facebook video last year was a thing of, it was magnificent, wasn't yeah, it? Really, well, I'm going tomorrow, I'm going on the Friday this year. So, oh, um, yes. So, so, so watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Equal <laughs> carnage, I've got a lot to live up to. All hands on Dave Downey, social yeah. media for tomorrow. Just uh, very quickly. <laughs> Just very quickly on the... Like, people the, someone's always going, fucking hell, Dave's doing some numbers. That's it. <laughs> and, and, you know, being a, being a top scouser like he is, he's going on Ladies' Day, which is, I mean, Ladies' Day is just, uh, like, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, in, t- in terms of, like, a, a visual spectacle, it's, I think it's the highlight well, myself. But, um, we'll have a the, thir- the, the, the Thursday is, um, is, is very much a local race goes today. So, basically, the, the fellas you'll normally see in the betting shop or having a, uh, a drink and a bet in, in town in the afternoon, they'll go on the Thursday. So that's, I suppose it's deemed to be for the purists. Mm. It's probably when the best quality racing is in yeah, terms of... Yeah, say that, don't they? Uh, and, then the fra- and then the Saturday, as we've, t- we've talked about, is an international event. Dave mentioned about people from, um, you know, Antipodean places and stuff like that. So the, 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 each day is distinct. Well, this, mm. this free show that we're doing, we are doing it with Red's Bet. And from the Red's Bet umbrella, I've got Tom Lee to talk about the Thursday... Got three tips in there as well, Tom. And trust me, Tom knows what he's talking about. If you if you don't know what he what he's what he's done in the past, he, he and still does do. He covers the racing on television. He's a brilliant broadcaster. Uh, so this is our free Anfield rap show. It is supported by Red Bet, tailor made for Liverpool fans. Uh, and this is what I said to Tom earlier on. Yep, joined by Tom Lee to talk about Thursday and Friday at the Grand National. Uh, but it's not the Grand National. It's entry, and it's not even entry. It's Liverpool. And what I love, uh, Tom, is the horse racing fraternity of which you are a massive part uses the phrase Liverpool to discuss this weekend to get into the carnival vibe. Oh, yeah, the first or second weekend of, of uh, April, whichever way it falls, all roads lead uh, to the L postcode. And I tell you what, I think, I think the thing that everybody knows, doesn't matter if you're from the, the south coast or, the, or, the, or the, the, tip of the tip of the north of Scotland, everybody knows that the Scousers uh, know how to throw a party. And there's something distinctly... Um, relaxed but carnival-like about these three magical days at Liverpool at Aintree. It's a brilliant, brilliant spectacle there, and it's only enhanced by the just the mood and, and the mindset of the people who turn up and make it what it is, Neil. There's something around 
the way in which you said before, we've we, we've talked about this uh, just just casually, you and I, and you know, it, it's almost like there's three majors for jump racing at this time of year. There's Cheltenham and there's Punchestown and there's Liverpool. But Liverpool's the one where everyone gets to put the glad rags on a little bit more, where the racing is, it, it isn't secondary. I mean, we're going to talk about Thursday in a minute and, and you're going to tell me it's one of the best days of racing on the whole calendar. But it becomes mm. a little bit more of a, listen, this is, this, this is the one where we can all really cut loose. There's a couple of ingredients here which really make a difference. Number one, um, it's an urban race course. You can be in town. You can. I was in Liverpool a couple of days ago. You're already seeing all the signs going up, champagne breakfast, all the pubs and bars opening up, the hotels planning for a massive three days. But also, you think you can go into town, you can have a nice time, and then you can just hop in a cab or whatever it might be. You can hop on a coach. You can go down there, people organizing big groups of friends to go along. And furthermore, I think as well, there's just something a little bit less intense for the people actually working there, for the owners, the trainers, the jockeys. They go along. Yes, this is really the peak of their profession. The pressure is on, but just maybe a little bit less so than Cheltenham. You get into April and there's a bit of an end of term feel about it as well. I mean, the competition (laughs) is no less intense and yet people are going there. Number one, of course, to compete, to win. Um, That's hyper important, but also to have a good time because they know that the people going along who will be in the stands will be having a raucous good time, win, lose or draw. The next part of this is the is also the 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 way in which this 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 day. I mean, we'll start with Thursday. The way in which the meetings change because I think that's something which a lot of the people who talk about the Grand National aren't aware of. The whole meeting has changed massively. The race itself has, but the meeting has as well. That's the first thing to sort of point out. But the second thing is that this day of racing now has the Thursday has become a huge, huge red letter day for the calendar. Completely, because actually, you don't have to go back that far. Entry was in disrepair. The meeting was almost tailing off a little bit. And people were starting to forget about it. The the audience was in decline. Um, Compare and contrast that to a situation now where actually uh, you're getting a situation where the race course are pretty much struggling to meet demand. And this Thursday, the way they've rebuilt it, obviously the Friday being Ladies' Day is a monster success story. Saturday tells its own narrative. But the Thursday with the concentration of sheer quality. Effectively, when you talk about horse racing, you say, well, yeah, you have the big prestige handicaps. Those are the races where you get loads of runners, quite difficult to pick a winner. But then you get, actually, on the Thursday, a day like today, slightly smaller fields, but the really, really elite horses. And in fact, the first four races on the race card today, opening day of Aintree 2018, all of them grade one. That is literally the very top of the top. So you're talking about the probably a Champions League equivalent, if you like. Really, there's horses coming from the very biggest, best, highest performing stables, both in Britain and Ireland. Even in some instances, uh, you've even got horses coming over from France today. So you've a situation there where you've actually got this championship feel. Whoever comes out on top here has the bragging rights, no question. Of these four races, Tom, what stands out to you then today, both in terms of the spectacle of the race? Because I think it's important. We we, we often sort of uh, the casual the casual observer of horse racing will sometimes, and I'm one of them. You know, you turn it down into what you pick for the national, what you pick for this race. You actually lose the fact that you are watching. You know, the, the, that that horse racing is, is 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 a glorious sport at its core. That these horses are trained for years, bred to a plan. So you know, without just talking about what you pick, what you'd gamble on, what we what are you actually looking forward to seeing? Seeing on the Thursday at Aintree? Well, you, you've got a nice split over, over the first day because you've got young horses who are just coming through at the start of their career, and then you've got some of the real established, 
if it was boxing, you'd say, well, these are some of the really top heavyweights here and now, uh, at the very top of the pops. So you've got a nice spread. They kick off at 145. Um, this will be a good spectacle. So a race called the Manifesto Novices Chase, uh, two and a half miles, but on a flat speed track like Aintree, there'll be no hanging about. Uh, the six runners, three of them went to battle at Cheltenham. You just wonder if actually, Neil, the interesting thing there for people who do uh, regularly watch their racing, they'll say, well, what kind of an impact, what kind of a scar did some of those hard races that horses had in Cheltenham leave on them? And one of the fresh horses who didn't run in Cheltenham, interestingly, in that early race, is number three, Surname. Also, give you a bit of the science behind him, the flat track will suit him, the rain that's been falling in the northwest of England, that will pose no problems on ground that's good to soft, soft in places. He's already won three of his five races over fences. And also, you see that, for those of you who like to really get into the nitty-gritty of this, surname was beaten two runs ago by a horse called Terrafort, uh, who runs here this week at Sandown Park. He's since proved himself to be a really top horse, so there's loads of merit in that performance. And also, the last day, surname won a race called the Pendle Novices Chase at Kenton Park. So, surname's got a lot to recommend him, and he might just have a bit more gas in the tank than some of those who did have pretty heavy taxing races there at Cheltenham. Skip on to some of the younger horses you're going to see, the 220, um, four-year-olds, juveniles, in the grade one anniversary hurdle at 220. A trainer you'll very likely have heard of, if you've even got only a passing interest in the sport, is a guy called Nicky Henderson down in Lambourne. He's yeah. one of the real dons of the sport. He's somebody who's highly respected. He's been at the peak of his trade for a very, very long time. He's got a sort of a if you will, forgive the analogy, but he's got an almost sort of Ferguson-like enduring quality to his ability <laughs> to bring on young horses and to really eke out lasting success. So he, he's a top man. He's got loads of good ammunition. He's got the spending power. He's also got the front two greedy man in the betting for this 220. Um, he's got a filly called Apple Shakira. She was hot favourite to the equivalent race at Cheltenham. Maybe just a bubble burst a little bit that day, Neil. She was only fourth there when a lot of people expected her to run away with that. Um, but the stable companion of Apple Shakira is number seven, We Have a Dream, uh, which sounds a little bit like some sort of Shankly-like quote from back in the day. And We Have a, have a Dream. He's the top-rated horse in the race. He's got to give away a few pounds to Apple Shakira. But the real interesting thing about him... Four times he's run in Britain since he came over, having been formally trained in France. Four times he's delivered the goods. Warwick, Doncaster, Chepstow, uh, Musselburgh the last time. Ground will be all right for him. And the other, as we said with the, the fellow before surname, the other interesting thing here is he didn't. He was a late withdrawal because he was a bit off colour on the day, run at Cheltenham. So maybe actually he's lost that day is his gain today. So surname in the opener, we have a dream in the 220 nail. And just to be greedy, we'll go for three on the opening day. Uh, the bowl is the feature race at 2.50. That's another grade one. Just over three miles the journey for this. Uh, loads of people will be going racing today saying that banker bet is a horse called Might Bite, again trained by Nicky Henderson. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to swerve him. I'll tell you why. That might be a foolish move, but he had a real bruising, hard, brutal race in defeat at Cheltenham. Those of you who watched the Gold Cup on the telly all were there will know that he went up the hill with a horse called Native River, who was ridden by the champion jockey, Richard Johnson. He could just, for all that he strained and tried and gave everything, he couldn't quite get by. And it was the type of race that kind of had me sitting there watching, thinking, I wonder if that's him cooked till next autumn, because he gave everything and came up just short. So I think this is more his kind of track at Aintree. He hasn't got a hill to run up, more of an emphasis on speed. Um, but 
I'm going to give you an alternative at much bigger odds. Mike Wright's going to be four to six, eight to 11. Number one, Bristol Demise for Nigel Twist and Davis. Um, long-term entry goes, or no, that's a name who's got great grand national history. Twist and Davis won the big race in 1998 and 2002. And in this instance, this Bristol Demise, I just really struggle to see Neil, but he's not going to at least be in the three or maybe go and cause an upset because he's still only seven years of age, which in the context of a race like this is quite young. Um, he's a grade one winner, not entry this season, but still a local track at Haydock Park back in November. Really interesting. I know when, when you and I are going up the stairs, we're kind of wheezing and panting a bit. This lad's had a wind operation, so his breathing's just been tinkered with since last we saw him. And again, just like surname, just like we have a dream, didn't run at the Cheltenham Festival 75 days since last we saw him. So when you look at my bike, you say, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's the, the, the real top-rated animal. He's the, the, the kind of the, the one who's shown the very best form up until now. But the key thing about racing is not necessarily always what happened yesterday. It's what's going to happen in the near future. So with him, he's the younger pretender. Yes, he's got to go up a level to actually beat Mike Bright. But I just wonder if he might be a bit vulnerable today. So uh, certainly last thing on, on uh, Wednesday night, uh, with a few of the bookies were, were showing five to one about Bristol Demai. I think that might turn out to be a really nice price come the end of today. Excellent stuff there from Tom. Uh, we'll be back to him in a little while to talk about Friday. Tom there talking about the Thursday. I did the Thursday last year, Mike. And and again, it's Tom says there at the very start, he says it's four grade ones. So mm. this is it. This is, yeah. you know, this is like this is Champions League quality horse racing. This is not messing about. They put four grade ones on. And again, this is part of the the, the renaissance of the festival. Definitely. This is this is this is entries way, Liverpool's way of saying you'll get some of your best horse racing of the year here. And and Thursday's a great day. I did it last year. No, exactly. And um, you know, we referenced before the Cheltenham Festival and now the racing community sort of views that as the blue ribbons event of the year. Mm. And the Thursday at Ainsley is effectively where those same horses come out again. The, the, the fascinating thing about it, and it, sometimes it depends on the space between the two meetings, sometimes it's three weeks, sometimes it's four weeks. So the vagaries of form, as I call it, can't always be trusted. Well, then you've got to factor in what's the going like. You know, so if, if, something, if something's worn, and at Cheltenham it was like a bog. Um, mm. I would imagine it's firmed up for Ainsley um, this afternoon. So... Some of the results from it from from Shelton for those same horses out again. Are they going to be tired? Have they got you know? Are they a bit leggy? Um, have they underperformed at Shelton and going to come back? So it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a real, um, it's a quandary really if you're if you're a punter. Um, but the, the the quality of the races. I mean, some of the the fields um, will be relatively small compared to what you get on Friday and Saturday. Friday is. Um, Basically, you know, you can stick stick your pin anywhere mm. on some of the races where you've got handicaps of twenty five runners, perhaps three or four races. Today, Thursday, though, definitely one for the purists. You get you get the absolute. We'll talk about Friday. I mean, you get the absolute peak. Uh, you get the absolute peak, and also I think you talk about corporate stuff before Paul. I think it's quite a it's quite a neat corporate day as well. The Thursday, and not just not just not just for corporates, but in terms of it's a little bit less uh, less intense. Than the Friday, I think it's fair to say uh, it, it, it doesn't work you into the ground, but you can have a you can have a lovely time there. Good choice of word there. I like that you were fishing <laughs> for that. Then less intense is is probably the the yeah. politest way of putting it, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. For only for some, as a, as a, as a, yeah. as a man who has a lot of intensity <laughs> yeah, in his life, only for the, for some, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's very, I think it's very much... Well, my experience of it is that anyway. I, I've basically been a ladies' day man since I was 16. So when I started to go on like the corporates on the Thursday, I used to, I used to knock back corporate tickets for the Friday because I'd be like, no, sorry, mate. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I'm not sacrificing that for any, for any corporate hospitality. <laughs> but, the, but the Thursday was very much a, a, a bonus add-on to me week where mm. I'd be like, well, I can have almost a warm-up session for the Friday. Actually watch some horses. Yeah. See, go and see them in, in the flesh, as, as Dave yeah. was saying before, which is which is a, a lovely part yeah. of the day. But by the time I get around to the Friday, that, that all goes out the window. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a nice way to enjoy a proper horse racing yeah. day. The Thursday. I'll get to the bar. That's what I've always described it to people. You can actually get to the bar with relative yeah. ease and come back with your drink in time like, for the race. I feel yeah. like You're not running around like a headless chicken trying to jump into queues and stuff like that. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like Kofi's just described his drinking style as gegging pressing. <laughs> <laughs> Just it really to the <laughs> I mean, the other thing as well is that uh, the, the Thursdays were, as I said before, like a pretty much a local occasion, and lots of groups of friends go. And so when I started going back in the sort of regularly, say in the early nineties, five or six, six of us would go together. And I particularly remember one race, and I had this horse called Arctic Call, and it was eight lengths clear going to the last, and I was counting my money. And then none of them had backed it. They'd all backed other horses. They knew I was on, practically on the winner. It fell at the last and they all pissed themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I wrote in the piece, it puts a strain on relationships, <laughs> male and female, because you're thinking, these are meant to be my mates. I would, I would, I would have bought them a pint if that horse had come in. Yeah. But no, they'd rather see it lose just so they could have a laugh at you. And um, funnily enough, I'm actually meeting up with the same lads this afternoon, which is going to be great. It is going to be Thursday, great. Thursday, though, it, it's, they've, they've struggled with the incarnation of it, aren't they? They've changed it a few times it was once called Liverpool Day I think yeah. mm, yeah, Ken yeah. Dodd opening it and is it Grand Annual Day now I think so something, something like that, like that. Yeah. and um, they've, they've tried to tinker with it a bit but in terms of a laid back approach to it it's it feels like it's settled down it, that, to me. that is probably the best way to describe it it is the, the least intense of the three least days, intense yeah. three days. Listen, I spoke to Amy Murphy uh, she's trained a horse there this year that's run, run an entry this year I had a little chat to her very briefly uh, about uh, her experiences the way in which you have to go about that business and the way the horse racing community looks at the carnival that is Liverpool here we go Yep, joined by trainer Amy Murphy to to talk about firstly what it is to prepare a horse over the Grand National Fences, which is something which you know not many people actually ever ever have to experience in their lives. And you had a you had a runner back in there uh, back 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 earlier this season, Amy. You had Mercy and Prince uh, running in running back in December on the Grand Sefton Handicap Chase. Um, what did you have? Was there anything that you felt you had to prepare the horse for differently? Anything like that to look after it to deal with the big big obstacles that entry presents? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, you have to uh, score them at home over those type of fences because they're different from the steeplechase fences that they're used to jumping uh, on a regular basis. So the case of just getting a couple of practice in, into them uh, with a replica of, of, of the ancient style Grand National fence. Um, but uh, so he, he here in Newmarket, the Jockey Club kindly made me a, a Grand National style fence and he had a couple of... Uh, Schools over that and practice runs over that before we headed up to entry. You're um you're a relatively young trainer. You've just started. It's your second season. Um, what within the the, the realm of horse racing? Because I think it's such an interesting community thing that descends on Liverpool sort of uh, once a year in this in, the, in this in this remarkable sort of pageantry that dominates the weekend. Being part of that, being part of that sort of that of that community. How much does everyone look forward to this to, to this Thursday, Friday, and especially the Saturday, especially this idea that it grabs the world's attention? 
Oh yeah, no, hugely. You know, it's one of the, the best festivals of the season, and it's sort of the, the party atmosphere festival. Um, and everybody goes up there and often stays the full three days and uh, has, has a great time. And it's got a great vibe to it, and uh, it's a festival that everybody loves to go to. You know, it's it's uh, Cheltenham is very much. The, the, the pressure and, and everybody wants winners there and entry is a lot, a lot more relaxed and much more of a party. You yourself, I mentioned before, it's your, it's your second year uh, having trained. You, the other thing that entry do, does that maybe the, the, the more casual, uh, the more the, the more casual person with reference to horse rate might not be aware of is that it's it's all but the end of the season. And I know there's punches town in a, in, a, in a couple of weeks, but you're, you're now coming to the end of your season, aren't you? You're going to go away, take your horses away, and be and and, and look to have a summer um, in order to move along. Is there has the as your second year gone well? Yeah, we've had a fantastic year, thank the Lord. Uh, and you know we're we're very lucky um and and delighted to have had the season we've had, and hopefully long may it continue and looking forward to the third year already have you got plans for plans for that plans for what you what what you want to see your horses doing in the next uh, the next twelve months yeah, well, obviously you know Kalashnikov's been the stable star this year a lot of, closely followed by Mercy and Prince between them um they've had a great season, and I've got a brilliant team around me, and I'm very lucky um hopefully that'll continue into next year and Kalashnikov will obviously go novice chasing and Mercy and Prince will continue to hold his own in the in the big um, chases um, for the for the old horses so um, no, it's hugely exciting and we're obviously just about to switch to the flat as well so there's a great buzz around the place Excellent stuff listen thank you very much indeed to Amy uh, let's, uh, let, 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 let's get back and chat to everybody else Back with this Reds Bet special about the Thursday and Friday of the Grand National meeting. Listen, there's a special coming on Friday about Grand National Saturday. You don't have to worry about that at all. Got Dave Downey, Mike Nevin and Paul Cope with me. The Friday then, the Friday, the Friday. I mean, the first and the most important thing. I remember last year, there was... um, uh, last year or the year before, and it was all kicking off about the um, the, the, the the ladies' day stuff. And I remember in the, in the radio interview with a, with, a, with a woman who went there, but it might actually have been on City Talk because City Talk are very yeah, good this back when you were working there. And she said, "Not anymore, the crap now." Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. gone off the boil, hasn't yeah, it, mate? No, uh, four, no, <laughs> no, five days, <laughs> all, all gone, gone downhill. But what yeah. she said was, and I, I thought it was really touching. She said, "Yeah, I've, I've, I've got this job." She described the job that she does, and she's like, "Yeah, I've, I haven't had a day. I've had this year." And it's all we've all been aiming at this, and we've got it all boxed off. We've been putting the money aside, and I think where it does, you know, I think that you know, there's where it does sort of stick in me craw is a lot of this is Liverpool's young people going out, and literally this for some of them it could be the first day off of the year. They've saved up for weeks and months, and the best thing about Liverpool in general, I think, and this is where the country looks down on it, is I have this thing that if for mo- in most places in Liverpool, someone who's a Someone who can be can be running a company and someone who can be a receptionist at a company mm. can have the same night out. Yeah. That they might not be able to have the same night out every week, but you can have the same night out. Liverpool's got a really egalitarian cultural yeah, night out vibe. And what entry does is it takes that and it puts it on this race course and it puts it in this place. Mm. And then what does my head in is when you feel as though the national media, and we all know who in particular, but the national media then look down on that. And you're like, this is you just not understanding Liverpool, let alone mm. these women. This is you not understanding this city. This That's the way this city has its Fridays and its Saturdays every week lads you've just decided you're going to come and take the pictures this time yeah and, and you almost take pity on them because you think come and get involved and I'll show you how good it is yeah, you know what yeah. I mean come, come come along with us one day and we'll show you what it's all about yeah. and if you're on the receiving end of those sort of almost defamatory photographs that you see in, in, in some of the blogs and newspapers and stuff like that it's, I, I hate that side of things I really do and um you know, if you're that way out that it puts you off coming then you're probably not set you're probably not made to come anyway do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. um and Nobody knows better than the people of this city how to have a good time 
And if that spill is over, then so what? Like you've just yeah. said there, it's one day of the year. People people live for that day. It's almost like when you get you get your uh, annual leave allowance when you're in a job. You set those days aside because it's the national festival, and and, yeah. and for the ladies, obviously, it's a chance to get glammed up, go along, and you, 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 it's just a, a conglomerate of people um, all enjoying themselves. And for them to sort of like cherry pick the ones that fall over and end up with the skirts of the backside, it's, it's just it's I, I hate it, I really do because you'd hate to think it puts those people off in particular from coming back again at the yeah. threat of that happening. Now, I mean, it's a, it's a scandal, that to be perfectly yeah. honest, and. Um, but yeah, let's let's not focus on that too much because everyone has a great time. And you know, you're saying about like exactly people, you know, booking days off. This is this is the first like sort of big day really since um, Christmas, maybe Easter as well. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and like the glamour of the occasion on the Friday. I mean, it's 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 like um, it's like being you could you could easily think you were in Milan watching catwalk models mm-hmm. um, because the girls are all beautiful and like they they make such an effort and they plan for the day. They go out with their mates. They have a drink. Some of them have too many, too much to drink, but you know, don't we all from time to time? And um, you know, the, the the knockers they wouldn't like it as they alluded to there. Mm. The knockers wouldn't like it. It's not for you, um, so don't come. My big thing on that is like, you, it's easy to go. I feel sorry for people who get the photos taken. I I feel sorry for the people who are taking the photos and putting in stories because you know what? If they if they don't understand that. And they're not doing life properly. Exactly. They're not having those days where they're getting absolutely smashed and having a fantastic time and yeah. just don't care. Well, I feel sorry for you, and yeah. yeah, this isn't for you. This city isn't for you. This event isn't for you. That's fine. I'd rather you didn't come. Mm. Stay away, taking your pictures, showing them to miserable bastards who don't enjoy their life either. Yeah. We'll just crack, crack on enjoying our day. And it's funny what you say before about like the night hours and stuff. And me and Neil have been on, on plenty of nights like this, and we have these chats often about... It's a, it's a it's a marathon. This it's an event. You've got to you've got to decide what type of day and night you want, haven't you? And loads of people are just they're having their night out in the day, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why they're in that mess at four o'clock in the afternoon because they've been drinking since ten a.m. Yeah, and yeah. that would usually be four o'clock in the morning. But, <laughs> but just, it's, it's just definitely so not happens, oh, oh, it's daytime. Under, under the cloak of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, usually it's nighttime. It's dark. Most people are in bed. No photographers are around. Yeah. It just so happens this is in the middle of the day yeah. now, and you're already smashed. <laughs> I've actually just had a thought about why the Grand National exists on the Saturday, and I reckon it's. The, it's, it's about the only thing that's going to get anyone to bed on the Friday yeah. because you're thinking if I stay out another hour I'm going to miss I'm going to miss tomorrow's going to be a, a, you know, a car crash for me um, you've so, got some stamina if you can do more than one day though. well that's really it have. well I mean I, I generally speaking go on the Saturday me and my missus have been going the, the National since uh, 95 which is one of our first ever dates and we've the only one we missed was when Liverpool played Everton at Wembley in the semi um, but we, other than that we've been every single year Um but the idea of going three days on the bounce, I mean, when I was a young man, I could do that, but I couldn't, why, I couldn't do three it's why days we should, on the bounce It's now. another reason why, as you said before, we should be uh, we should be tugging our forelocks to these, uh, these horse racing types who come down and do the all three days. Fair play to them. That, that's some stint they've whacked out there. It is their Christmas, it's their well, carnival. They're, they're the only ones who last to the evening. You can, t- you can tell people, if, if you last it to the evening, you've been to the National before because you know what you've done at a previous occasion. Yeah. So you couldn't get to that evening stage and it's either them or the thoroughbred race goers who end up in town in the evening. And when it goes dark, I'll tell, yeah. tell you a really funny story about the Grand National. I think this is a funny story, and I think most Scousers will be able to relate to this. Is that you go to the races, and then on the Sunday, you probably go and see your nan. Um, and your nan will say, Oh, do you know what? I had first, third, and fourth. Five pence each way. Yeah. 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 How much you've won? Oh, about eight pounds forty. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, you need to up your stakes. Yeah. And, and secondly, any tips for next year? And it, 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 this, this happens like relentlessly. Everyone knows this because everyone's nan's done exactly the same thing. They're the best tipsters on Merseyside. Yeah. But, but the clue to the story is this 
you know, and he also be back in the race. <laughs> all fours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely loads. And this one spoke to Tom Lee about the racing on Friday, about what stands out for him. Hey, we have a long chat about the Melon Chase. Here he is, back with Tom Lee to talk about the Friday. And the Fridays, it's, you mentioned Carnival when we were talking earlier, Tom. The Friday is very much, it's a day for Liverpool to get to put its glad rags on a little bit, really. It gets uh, gets maligned in the popular press, shall we say, or it does in some quarters and others less so. But it becomes, it's it's an opportunity for, for I'd like to say, Liverpool's Liverpool's young men and women, uh, young ladies especially, to go out and have a fabulous day to plan for for the whole year and cut loose and enjoy a good day's racing and, and enjoy a good night after. You see, I never had you down as the discriminatory type, but do not uh, exclude <laughs> yourself from having a good time. Young, old, and a few of us who are maybe ticking on a bit in years. Listen, everybody go down there, and never mind what the spitters have got to say. I just think it's really a very special day's racing. And I think, really, as you and I were, were musing earlier in the week when we were together, um, you're a long time dead, so l- let those people who pull a face and say, oh, it's it's trashy or it's this and that and the next. No, nonsense. Do you know what it is? One word, it's fun. And if people want to get dressed up and uh, and go down to Aintree to Liverpool and have a great time, crack on, I say. I, I just think that anybody who frowns at that, well, probably you need something else to worry about because <laughs> it's an outstanding day's racing. The quality out on the track, great. But it, it's a proper kind of fiesta. It's a real good old-fashioned hooli party. Call it what you will. Everybody gets that, exactly as you say, gets glammed up, goes down to the races, has a drink, has a bet, socialises, if there's really any aggravation. It's just a brilliant day, quite frankly. So Racing-wise, uh, the Melling Chase stands out for you. Uh, what, are you what, what, what are you looking at at 3.20? Oh, yeah, this is a smasher because, actually, you have a real three-way go here. You have two really, really rock-solid contenders coming over from Ireland, uh, and then you've got, uh, for the digit stable of Paul Nichols. Uh, you've got Politologue, so it's Min, Balco de Flo, and Politologue with lively outsiders like Cloudy Dream, who's a really uh, tough, solid, consistent horse who just keeps coming up slightly too short. Um, I think it's really intriguing because loads of people turn up and say, well, what's Willie Mullins, the, the master Irish trainer running? Um, he's got Min, uh, who ran very, very well uh, in the two-mile of the Queen Mother Champion chase at Cheltenham, coming up seven lengths inferior uh, to the champion Altior. Before that, uh, he'd won a good prize at Leopardstown in February. I just wonder about him because with Min, the trick is that generally speaking, his best form is at two miles. Uh, and then you throw into the mix something like his, his uh, compatriot, trained by Henry de Bromhead, Balca de Flo, who really came to the <coughs> fore uh, when he won at Cheltenham last month, winning the Ryanair. Um, add to an already complex race, Politologue, uh, who wears a tongue tie for the first time for Paul Nichols and Sam Twist and Davis, and you've got a race worth watching. I think it's interesting because with Politologue, he was a long way behind Min uh, when the two ran against one another at Cheltenham last 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 month. Maybe he's just coming to the end of his tether after what's been a really good season, and maybe the horse who's perhaps been a little bit ignored in the context of this is number one Balka de Flo, um, who hasn't had the most taxing campaign. Neil, uh, he's only run since the end of September four times. Um, he was impressive without quite getting the job done over three miles at Leopardstown at Christmas. He came up slightly short to the horse who was fourth in the Gold Cup road to respect. But the really intriguing thing is maybe now his trainers found the absolute right formula for him because he's not he's not slow, uh, short on speed. He's not a slow horse, Balca de Flo. And for all that, maybe he's not quite your classic three-miler. 
I think this is absolutely right up his street because the trip to the Melling is two mile four. The emphasis is on speed. If it does dry out a little bit, that'll suit him. And yet he can go through softer ground. And I just, the way he went about his job and shot up the hill at Cheltenham and the fact that he's displayed his form on a load of very different tracks, somewhere like Galway, where there's more of a speed influence. He won the big Galway plate last summer uh, where uh, he beat 21 others. And yet he also knows how to do it against the better horses in the smaller field. So I thought one of the most eye-catching performances of the entire Cheltenham Festival was Balcadie Flow when he won the Ryanair. This is a furlong shorter. It's a very different equation running at Aintree to what it is at Cheltenham. Even so, I thought with with him, you get probably something in the region of two to one, nine to four, five to two, about a horse who was arguably the performance of Cheltenham and about a horse who actually, if you want to kind of get into the guts of it and say, well, who's the top rated horse on, on the official assessor's figures in the Melling Chase, it's actually not Min, surprisingly. It is Balka de Flo. So for those reasons, and with Davy Russell booked to, to uh, do the steering duties up in the flight deck, my suspicion is you get quite a lot for your money in what's likely to be a very, very attractive visual spectacle. Excellent stuff from Tom there. Let's uh, let's look forward to that. And this is our special uh, Liverpool Aintree special in association with Reds Bet. Let's get, get back over to Dave and to Mike to have a chat with them about Friday. Welcome back. This is our Reds Bet special at the Anfield Wrap. Looking ahead to the Aintree meetings, the Thursday and the Friday. Your Grand National wants to come. It'll be in no time at all. Uh, so thank you very much. They'll be back for it to Dave, Mike and Paul for taking the time. Amy and Tom Lee as well. Uh, this free show was supported by Fans Bet. It is tailor-made for Liverpool fans. It's a gaming platform online. It seeks to build long-lasting strong partnerships with supporters that enable us to take 50% of net profits generated to be used for those courses. But do it if you do gamble. Don't feel as though. If you don't, don't feel as though there's any pressure on you whatsoever from the Anfield Wrap or from Reds Bet. But if you do gamble, please do so responsibly and enjoyably and know that if you do lose, then 50% of those profits will be going to fan causes and other initiatives that matter. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's come in today, contributed. Hopefully you've had a great time. Sports Social Podcast Network.